Welcome to another week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We're so excited to be chatting here with you, with each other. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. We talk about yarny stuff and we talk about witchy stuff and we kick it off with news. What news do we have going on? Where will you be in the world, Emily? Um, I'm going to be at the Flea Off Holiday Bazaar this weekend. If you're listening on audio, it already happened. But if you are on our Patreon, then you can come visit me in Louisville this weekend at the Henry Clay Building. I also am going on vacation at the beginning of January, which means that our podcast recording is going to be a little bit spottier than normal. Um, We're going to take a week off for Yule, and then I will be gone the beginning of January. So we're basically going to be every other week until mid-January. Just a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be getting into some fun mischief to report back to you guys about. Mm. Rad. Also, our source of evil mystery knit along is wrapping up. All the clues are out into the world, but you have until mid-January to enter it for prizes and till the end of the year if you want to double dip in my there and back again and have an opportunity for one project to qualify for two different prizes. So there's that and all that stuff the photo shoot for that this week which means i'll have the finished pattern with the pictures up in time for monday next week so that's awesome i'm gonna go take finished object pictures of mine when we're done recording since i've got my face a little bit tidier than usual nice yeah yeah so on to some yarny content neither of us finished anything this week but it seems like we've been working on things Mm-hmm. What are you working on? I'm currently knitting on my sleeve. This is my blaster Sleeves. cardigan. This is how far my sleeve is. It's like, I don't know, eight inches of sleeve at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I tried it on and I was very disappointed with how much of my arm it covers. Sleeves are big. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just like sleeving. This is basically my vanilla knitting right now because it has, you know, mm-hmm. very minimal shaping things to remember. Uh, yeah. I have a new project. And, I know you said on your cardigan it was your first cap sleeve. Are you? Uh, do you like the fit of the cap sleeve? So far, yeah. I, I I think I can't really tell how this sweater fits overall because it's like doesn't have the button band yet, so it's like curling so much in the middle that like I think it's gonna look good, but like I don't really <laughs> know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it definitely, I don't think the sleeve is as huge as it looked before I did the pickup and the cap sleeve because the open hole looks like huge. It looks like it's going to be way too big, but I think it's going to fit okay. It looks, It. I agree with you. When you showed it, the armhole did look larger than what you would need for your arm. But, it but now that normal sauce now. Yeah, it looks pretty normal now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you said you have a new project. I do have a new project, and it's a little baby shawl. Oh, it's so wee. This is the clue to only version of the Source of Evil knit along that Mm -hmm. I'm working on. And I did do an additional chart um, so that the columns would start earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I'm just going along just doing clue two i'm gonna add this as an update to the pattern eventually um i'll probably put it up sooner rather than later once this gets like a little bit bigger and has the b chart of this so people get an idea of what it looks like and they can make it too if they want i love it and that's out of the earl gray right yep 
the Earl Grey that you got me forever ago. Do you know the colorway names? These ball bands that are in my ba- bag. <laughs> Show me your ball bands. <laughs> it's Figgy Pop mm-hmm. and maybe the other ball band. No, there it is. And Mum's the Word. Nice. I've been working on a couple things. Nothing too much. Oh, I did start. I don't um I don't want to dig it out, but I did technically start my 2023 temperature blanket. I just did the foundation row. Oh, okay. I was to be like, how are you doing the temperatures, Lauren? What are you doing? <laughs> I can see into the future. <laughs> no, I just did the two setup rows. Um, just because I really wanted to get extra ready to just get right into it because I'm very excited about it. Um, but I won't take that out. It just looks like a white tapeworm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I made some progress on my little vanilla baby hat that I'm making for a college friend who is expecting. Um, and it matches another little hat I made and the little pouch I'm going to put it in. Just a vanilla hat. Cute. Yeah, I've just nice. come up with a sudden question about your temperature gradient question. Mm-hmm. So you've assigned colors to like specific temperatures, right? Mm-hmm. What happens if you run out of a color because that temperature is more popular than the other temperatures? Lisi, I wrote down the dye recipes so I can make more. Oh, okay. I was just, I was just <laughs> like, are people going to bother you for more of a certain color then? Possibly? Probably. I, okay. I, 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 if people are doing it, I, I, um, I am volunteering to be chill about that and take requests and get those in. And I dyed a little extra and I did plan on dying like the middle third of it, which I thought would be like, no matter how you assign your, your temperatures based on your climate, the middle ones are probably going to be the most popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I dyed extra of that. So I have two extra sets of that for people who might need a restock, but I'm also willing to put individual gains or special orders of people as needed. I was just curious what your plan was for that. Yeah. I saved myself a second set of all the middle colors just in case. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other thing I've been making, um, is I cast on that pair of shorts last week and I've made some really good progress. So we just had um, a big winter storm and knocked out a bunch of power lines and we were out of power for two or three days. So just sitting around knitting for a long time. And um, I'm most of the way done with these shorts. Those are basically (laughs) done. You're doing the pocket. I'm doing the pocket. (laughs) I did an afterthought pocket. I've got it on the needles is and it a butt I, pocket or a front pocket? It's a front pocket. He requested a front pocket and I have to block it yet, finish the pocket and do a million ends. Um, but I and I can't do this in front of my sweetie because these are a Yule surprise for him. So I'm going to bring bring these into knit group and finish them off because it's a secret. Nice. But I think it's really cute. So the waistband and the edging is in purple. It's in my Polite Menace colorway. And then the main color is Nose Jar. These are my Our Flag Means Death colorways that I had for the Sierra Nevada Yarn Curl. I save these for me. My partner um, is a dirty outside fella. So I figured having a grungy brown for the main color on the shorts would hide the stains. He is inevitably going to get on these. It's very proactive. It's very proactive. Um, yeah, I really, I really like it. I think these will be nice and cozy for him. I think he's really going to like the pocket and I'm definitely going to have leftovers of both of the colors 
It takes one skein of your con your contrast and two of your main for most sizes, I would imagine. And I'm going to have some leftovers. So I'm going to make a purple and brown striped hat, the little nice. pirate hat. Uh, I don't know if he'll want to wear it um, or I might sell it. You never know. <laughs> I just finished filming season two of our flag means death. And I'm so excited for season two of the show. Oh my goodness. I can't wait. That's all I've been making. Yay. Yay. Making stuff. <laughs> Yay. Making stuff. Did you I acquire to, things? I did not, but I need to make a tally that I finished a decrease on my sleeve. Hooray. Yay. Well, I guess I can tell you, uh, I did acquire one thing, although it's not exciting to show off at all because it is a digital pattern. I bought the um, sewing pattern for the pinafore dress I want to make, and it's it's by Untitled Thoughts, and it's the Fleur pinafore, and I've been looking at that yesterday, and I'm very excited to try making myself a little pinafore dress out of the possum fabric I got. That's going to be super cute. Oh, I forgot I did acquire something. I got a candle from a friend from Clara. Nice. Yes. It's good. It smells like mint. Mint is tasty. I like mint too. Mm -hmm. huh, so jumping into a cult corner. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us all about it, Emily. Well, I it's thought we should be festive because it's going to be Yule. Uh, this mm -hmm. episode is coming out on audio. I think the day before Yule. I don't know how calendars work. Uh, and I thought we could talk about Christmas ghost stories. Uh Oh, in general, just any Christmas ghost stories? Well, yeah, it kind of turned into that. I told Lauren <laughs> that we were going to talk about A Christmas Carol and how it has kind of an interesting, like, it's, I don't know if it's an anti-capitalist message because it's kind of like inherently capitalist uh, in the way that the problems are solved. But it's, you know, it's anti-hoarding your wealth and pro-charity and giving your wealth to others, uh, whether yeah, you view that say... as socialism or just not hoarding your wealth capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um just about some... I don't know. Class solidarity isn't the right word, but like narrowing the gap between classes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also that it is a ghost story. There are literal ghosts in a Christmas uh, carol, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't think about um, as it's a very common Christmassy tale. Uh, and I but also just... the theme of charity and helping the poor is essentially what is at the root of Christianity. If you you get down to it which i think a lot of people might be missing these days yeah yeah um, but i just want i i end my research on a christmas carol and it having supernatural elements and dickens writing other christmas stories with supernatural elements that just kind of merged into ghost stories at christmas time in general um because really the only way that that comes up for us in here in the States is in A Christmas Carol and in uh, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, the Christmas song. Uh, there is a line about there'll be scary ghost stories, uh, mm -hmm. but we don't really tell ghost stories uh, as part of our like Christmas traditions here in the States. Uh, so I was just going to talk about like ghost stories at this time of year. Uh, in general and where that comes from and where it went and why it went away and all that good stuff. Yeah. Tell me, I'm fascinated. 
Yeah. Um, So we don't really think about ghosts at Christmas. And that is because of the Puritans, right? They're they're our favorite villains of our podcast. Um, So (laughs) ghost stories at Christmas time never, never were really popular here and never gained much traction here because we have such a Puritan, uh, you know, backbone to our culture. Uh, But pre-Christianity, Yule and other winter festivals this time of year uh it was seen as one of those liminal times uh where like maybe you could have some communication with people who had passed on and maybe there were more spirits present uh it's also the darkest day of the year so people are inside maybe they're drinking because they're celebrating so they're telling some tall tales doing some folklore creation that is a uh, worldwide thing to do when the nights get long is storytelling around a around a fire. Yeah. And spooky stories are salacious and they're the most fun to tell and they grip your audience. So that's kind of like why it's associated mm-hmm. with this time of year. Um, and it was popular for a long time in Europe, um, but it lost a lot of popularity because of everyone's favorite Puritan, Oliver Cromwell. Uh, who really he's Oliver Cromwell was not a fan of Christmas in general um, and to be fair it's because he saw all of the feasting and merriment as not Christian which like honestly we can't blame him because <laughs> that that feasting and merriment definitely came from some pagan holidays not as much the Christian holiday <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but yeah he uh, actually basically banned christmas celebration for 20 years because he made it illegal to sing on december 25th (laughs) which is fun (laughs) what a little tool (laughs) (laughs) real scrooge mcduck there yeah (laughs) oh that's just so funny yeah but to be fair if i had that power i would do the same thing I hate Christmas music so much. OG Grinch, Oliver Cromwell. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this is a can I? This is an absolute non sequitur. But I Uh saw this video on the internet of somebody dressed up in a full Grinch costume, like going into this house with small children. These children, he's trying to steal presents, and these children react like a burglar has come into their house because in their mind it has, and these little children are like assaulting, I'm assuming, like their uncle in a Grinch costume, <laughs> and like having to be physically held back while they like receive emotional damage that's going to last them their entire life. Oh, that's anyway, back to <laughs> Oliver Cromwell, the original Grinch. Yes, uh, this is a quote from Oliver Cromwell. He said he was on a mission to cleanse the nation of its most decadent excesses. <laughs> and what roughly time period was so this guy a like? real fun t- mid 17th century. Okay. Sounds good. Real fun dude. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a bunch of other not good stuff. Uh, he might come up again in future episodes. Check <laughs> him out. He was not a fun guy. <laughs> One of those no fun retrogressive conservative people yep who had too much power um Mm -hmm. but yeah and in addition uh the industrial revolution happens uh people start having to work outside of their home uh more and christmas wasn't seen as a time for people to have off of work um so our kind of modern concept uh as 
this as an idea for a time like the holidays as a time of rest comes later and dickens actually like helped popularize that and helped make christmas what it is in our culture today uh because yeah like it wasn't it wasn't this big like it's like one of the most important times of year calendar wise in like commercialism and Christianity, right. For Mm -hmm. how we deal with it today. And like, there are other holidays that are around the same time as of year. And like, so we can all have different celebrations and rest and it's Mm -hmm. when we reset the calendar and stuff. Um, And because of industrialism, uh, 19th century businesses, kind of wanted a new commercial capitalism holiday uh and they got it (laughs) they got it and this is uh so a christmas carol and the invention of uh christmas cards kind of came at the same time and this like those two things really like caused christmas to become this like important part of british culture and like this big bigger than holiday than it was previously Something that was more about a family time and and celebration as opposed to a time to go to church and reflect on the divine birth of the Christ child. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and buy things for each other. And then the businesses were mm-hmm. like, wow, you're buying stuff. We like it. Let's keep this up. And, you know, that just that led to where we are today. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so cr- telling ghost stories at Christmas had kind of like lost a lot of popularity uh, by the time Dickens rolls, rolls around. But he knows about that as a tradition. Like, obviously, he draws from some older folklore in some of his stories. Uh, and he w- was really into it and told a number of Christmas ghost stories um, in some of the magazines that he edited. Uh, so Christmas Carol is kind of the one that stuck around, obviously, but there were also other ones like The Chimes and The Haunted Man. Uh, those are both an unhappy man who changes his ways after he's visited by a ghost. So it's not the only mm-hmm. Dickens story that has that theme. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, they were they were all explicitly linked to Christmas and uh, kind of forged this like fantastical uh story time at christmas with which has maybe contributed to like a lot of our like american folklore around santa claus uh and having some like supernatural elements to the santa claus character because that's definitely something that we have like created uh in the states that is not part of the original santa like saint nick story Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah that well that's not totally true there are fantastical elements to the european saint nick stories but they're different than what ours are yeah yeah and that's like the kind of a thread that i got down when i was looking up this sort of stuff and thinking about it the the ghost of christmas present is basically just the holly king Mm -hmm. which is the holly king becomes father christmas becomes saint nicholas it's a direct pipeline you know which becomes santa claus yeah Direct, direct Holly King to Santa Claus pipeline. <laughs> I like it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Dickens actually referred to uh, Christmas Eve as the witching time for storytelling, which is kind of fun and festive. It does feel very like I just remember it as a children as a 
as a children, I can say multitude. <laughs> as a child, it did feel like a liminal time, like a great, a great feeling of suspense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I had on like supernatural storytelling and this time of year. And yeah. It's super neat. I do. I, Christmas Carol is a good one. Something that uh, I kind of keyed into when looking up about like maybe the pagan roots in a Christmas Carol. I keep wanting to call it a Christmas story, which is something different. That's a different one. <laughs> That's a different one. But there is kind of a nod to Saturnalia because um, in addition to just being a, you know, Hellenistic world, a time of just, you know, feasting and bright lights during the darkest time of the year, there was an aspect in Roman culture of role reversal and masters either sharing the same table as their slaves or even serving their slave, like treating their slaves to a fancy banquet that they would have um, and actually serving them. So like, that's the idea of like Scrooge coming to like having a, you know, having food sent to the Cratchits and stuff. The idea of the master serving the slave. Isn't that something a that little was bit. present in British culture too? Wasn't there like a, I think there was a, there, I can't remember what the name of the festival is. I'm going to see if I can look it up, but I thought there was mm-hmm. a like host serve the servants kind of uh I mean, might that be the Boxing Day tradition? Is that what Boxing Day is? All I, I know Boxing Day was traditionally the day off given to the help. Because um, they had to work on serving them, the family on, you know, the rich folks on Christmas Day. And then Boxing Day was their day to spend off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe it is. Maybe it is Boxing. Yes, that's when the servants and tradespeople were presented with gifts and sometimes like a feast hmm yeah yeah eo saturnalia Woo-hoo. Woo. i'm tempted to like show up at christmas themed events i may be encouraged to attend drunk in a toga with holly in my hair you'll be screaming, a hit eo saturnalia <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun we have i just like how our all of our traditions when they come into their modern form definitely do have roots in how people, how people practiced things before. And actually it was kind of nice. Cause we just had that power outage for a couple of days. It was just like, Oh, it's dark at five. I guess we're going to uh, cook in the dark and uh, hang out. And we were just listening to audiobooks. It was just like, Oh, we're sitting in the dark uh, drinking and listening to someone tell us a story. Okay. Yeah. It felt very, Connected to uh, old ways. Sounds cozy. It was pretty cozy, even though we had internet and everything. We had everything but lights. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cozy solstice time traditions. Hooray. Hooray. So I think that's about it for us this week. If you were interested in things we have to sell you, stick around because we're going to do that now. I have radi- rainbow gradients of yarn that I'm selling that they're really pretty. Should you wish to do any sort of faded project, I've got it on mini skeins. They're really cute. Got it on big skeins if you want to go big. That's about it for me. Nice. I have a recent shop update that includes my uh, crystal ball gumball machine of mystery mini pins. I have posted a little video of all of the designs on my Instagram and TikTok if you want to see what those look like. Uh, 
but yeah, you get a little capsule. It has a fortune and a mini pin inside. I will ship it to you or you can actually turn the gumball thing yourself if you are at a show in person with me. And I also have some cute new earrings like Baba Yaga's house earrings. So check that out. Very cute. Amazing. And if you are looking for links to anything we mentioned in the show or my yarn, Emily's Merch and Patterns, head on over to fibercoven.com. It will link you on over to that. And also as well as our Patreon, where we have a rad discord full of super awesome crafty witchy folks and uh, some other bonus content, like a whole nother podcast. So much fun. Mm -hmm. So like I said, if you're looking for any links, head on over to fibercoven.com. That is our headquarters for all things us. (laughs) So until next week, Kevin, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye.